0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of Wild Wild Will, the podcast where we go through all the Will Smith movies and talk about them. Mark, Lily, and Eric here. Ooh! Ew! Ooh! Uh, this episode, we are doing Bed Boys 2. Bed Boys 2.
1: Can I say something before we even get into this? Because Mark already knows this. But, like, I have been really salty lately so i want to just warn our listeners i don't know how skewed of an episode this will be on my end because i just i have just been so salty and just need to remember to take my antidepressants folks
2: oh my god yeah <laughs> um <laughs> remind you after this you know what I'm i'm thinking it's the weather not to downplay,
1: <laughs> the, mental uh,
2: health. But I think it's not
1: <laughs> <hot weather. laughs> because Why, have you been salty too?
2: I've been salty. My good friend Kyle's been salty, and Kyle is never salty. Years, is like the most like monk-like, like just very, very like everything's good, not salty. And we were how playing-
1: Zen Kyle is makes me salty sometimes. He's exactly zen.
2: Very, very zen, and like everything's good. And the other day, he was just, and he knew it. He kept saying, "He's like, I'm in a bad mood," and he was just like very upset about everything. So maybe you guys are infected with something new that we don't know about.
1: I would thank you, Eric, because I've felt like a psychopath lately. Where I'm just like, why am I so salty? Honestly, I can I can pinpoint where all my salt came from was when we all went out to dinner and then played tennis. I feel like I have been in just like a weird state of mind since then. But now that I think about it, it has been really hot since then. So maybe you're right.
2: Yeah, our brains are cooking a little bit Um, bad boys to (laughs) the soundtrack.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Intro performed by Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. That's 12 seconds long. We got Show Me Your Soul. That's Kravitz P Diddy for and loon. Do you remember loon?
1: No, no. Loon.
0: No. Then there's La 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 by Jay Z. Shake your tail feather. That's Nellie P Diddy. OK, shake Murphy-ish. your tail
1: feather was in this so fucking much.
0: <laughs> Girl, I'm a bad boy. That's Fat Joe P Diddy and Dre. Oh, he Dre, giving yeah. your love to me. That's Beyonce realist. <clears throat> Is a Notorious B.I.G. and 50 Cent? We've got flip
2: side, Gangsta Shit, Pretty Girl Bullshit. So let me ask a question. Didn't mean God up- sent you. <laughs> All right. Give you up a good point right now is I started thinking, I'm like, Bad Boys, the first one in this one, doesn't have like a signature Will Smith song. Is that because it's an R-rated movie and he mm. couldn't necessarily make an R-rated the song? The only
0: reason I looked on this to, to at the soundtrack I know the soundtrack was a big deal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um is because I was going to see if the Miami song was on this one. Well, but that's that's it's that's, earlier. Yeah, it's already happened. Yeah. So it wasn't on this,
2: yeah.
1: Um here's the thing, I was piqued by the soundtrack because you have like the composer for the music which was kind of a thing cuz there was like one composer and he laughed because Michael Bay is like I just want you to come up with like just on like action beat music and not like make like a full blown score, like for the first one. And so that guy left and a new one came in. But then I noticed in the credits it said additional music by Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. So I think the soundtrack is fire because they brought in Dr. Dre. And like, I just don't think Dr. Dre's picking a Big Willie song to go <laughs> in this movie.
0: So um, Roger Ebert gave it one star out of four okay. and he's in wrong. his written review.
2: Yeah, he's absolutely wrong. He's offended but, by uh, a
0: scene involving involving a teenage boy in the use of the N-word, oh, saying geez. it was cruel and they have lost touch with human nature. They think their audience will, that they thought their audience would like the scene on their show with, uh, with Roper, Ebert and Roper at the movies. Um, they named Bad Boys 2 the worst film of 2003. We have.
1: I just love to hear a bunch of old white men uh, go, hey, hey. Don't use that word.
0: I actually do love hearing what those two old white men have to say about movies. And then James. Not about. Denelli of Real Views says that this movie's catastrophic violation of every aspect of cinema that I, as a film cred- critic, hold dear. Wow! A oh, $130 million budget, $273 million box office, baby. I yes.
1: thought I was going to be salty. These critics were salty. I love it. I mean,
2: that second guy holding so dear to his cinematic values. Oh my God, get over yourself. That's a lady,
1: wasn't it?
0: No, it was a, it was a guy, um, but I think I'm, I'm
2: just going to hop think in there's a female critic who actually liked like this movie. If you look at like look a little further down on the Wikipedia page, it's like the one person who's like, this is a good movie. It's like a female critic. Here's
0: my thing I was going to say, and because and I've said it for the bad boy, the original bad boys, and I'll say it again for bad boys, too, because this is a Michael Bay film. Mm. Michael Bay, to me, again, holds strongest and looks best when he's not leaning on that CGI. Yeah. And there wasn't. A, I mean, and there I was assumed not I assume there was, some CGI, assumed there was some CGI, but yeah, this there's a the car fucking transformers. You know, yeah. this is yeah, real car chases and accident. Michael Bay can get like a fucking coked out shot if he wants
2: to. Dude, and it's I, not even the eighties anymore, man. No, no. <laughs> Three. So how is that? Three. He and
1: he's doing the most coke. Yeah, I, I am mean, gonna say this. People need to give Michael Bay smaller budgets because he's out of his mind when you give him a budget this large. Like, oh, I Eric, it. I would just like to tell you, at one point in the movie, we just started keeping a rolling tally of the amount of um, bodies that went flying physically in the air. Because there was just like one scene where we're like, huh, like three bodies just go flying into the air. You're like, that's unusual to see. And then there was a second scene, Eric, we did a count and Michael Bay with his large budget threw 13 different bodies into the air, falling, exploding, uh, bouncing off cars. But that seems like an excessive amount of human bodies to throw into the air.
2: I think that's a little low. I thought more. <laughs> Here's what's crazy, and this is the craziest thing I'm going to s- say about this. This yeah, movie it. plays like, like sluggish, like War and Peace compared to Michael Bay's like most recent output. Like you mm-hmm. watch this, and you're just kind of like. Oh the shots last you know 0.5 seconds like in his new output it's like 0.1 second a shot will like flat like he's even more experimental more insane more energy now than this which is crazy because you watch this movie and it's like the Tasmanian devil made the movie like that's how insane this film is
1: well it is like jarring cuz like you know we're watching a lot of Will Smith movies but it is one of those things where like you fucking know a Michael Bay film immediately, whether you like Michael Bay or you don't like him. It's just like instantaneous. You're like, this is fucking Michael Bay. Like you're just, he's giving you so many like weird up shots where it's like this camera is like laying on a fucking ground. This million dollar camera is just like laying on a ground. He's doing so many, just like ad fucking sometimes unnecessary shots throughout the whole movie. And it's like, so um, Like jumbling But like whether you like it or not Like I at least have to hand it to him You fucking yeah. know it's him And it's what 2022 And some of those shots Still feel super Inventive and they still feel Very new because They're not shots that other people Are fucking giving you or where like Cinema is like caught on And they're like oh now we're all doing a shot Like this no some of those shots are just like Only he He is fucking doing that. I don't
0: like like I obviously if somebody told me, hey, set up a a car chase scene, I would have no idea how to properly do that, because I'm sure it's like a lot of just you have to keep the audience aware, like spatially of where everything is. But like before one of the cars chase scenes, he was like establishing that there was like a van or something or like we were going to a van and it was just the most I don't know, like I feel like you could just show it. And instead, it was like a a pan across the road, 45 degree angle, then across the van and then around the van and then Mm -hmm. back like up in the sky just to show where this fucking van was.
2: Into a pile of ecstasy, close up, micro zoom into the letter E on on a pill. And then you go through the E and you realize there's like a party happening in the ecstasy pill itself. And you're like, what the fuck?
1: I mean, literally, (laughs) he opens this movie with his camera half in the dark, murky water as all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like army men emerge out of the water. This is a fucking... Action comedy, and he is filming stuff like the most intense military propaganda I've ever seen. And it's like, that's like out the fucking gate kind of shots.
2: It was yeah. Wild. And here's the thing if you don't know Michael Bay and how he operates on set, he's not the cliche director who's like sitting in the chair behind the monitors, like. Just like, you know, OK, let's do another take. Let's do another take. This dude is straight up like wearing like Adidas sneakers, but somehow still wearing like five hundred dollar jeans and a five hundred dollar shirt with like his like cap on. And he's running through the rubble. He's like jumping through explosions. He's got a megaphone where he's barking orders. And Mark, you know, because you've been on like smaller, like short films and sets. And when we film stuff like It can take a while, even like on an amateur thing to like set up a shot and do this. But you watch this movie and it's like there's like a billion different shots and filmmaking when you have a crew and a cast and daylight and all these things like any setup you do. Let's get a wide shot of this van. Let's get a close up on Martin Lawrence. Let's do this like To film like a page out of a script will take like nine days. Like it's very intensive to shoot something, and it blows my mind watching Bad Boys Two, where you're like, there's so many setups, so many shots, and I feel like he's getting them all in a day because he just move, 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 go, 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 boom, boom, boom. Like it's it's mind-boggling how many setups are in this movie. Just think about how many different locations, bad guys on a tower, bad guys in the street, cops over here, someone in a window, a pill of ecstasy dropping in <laughs> low-mo. It's just like, this is all happening in the span of three seconds. And it's like, to do all of those takes so much time. How the fuck did they film all of this? It's like, how how many days did they film on it? And I bet it would stun us. They'll be like, oh yeah, they shot in seven days. And you're like, what? That doesn't <laughs> make sense. But he's and like- And he's what? got
1: time. To make a cameo. Oh, oh I
2: loved it. I loved it. What did he say? Freaks. Freaks.
1: I, mean, <laughs> freak. I kind I,
0: was, I was, oh, bad. Oh, yeah, that's really bad.
1: And then immediately followed by Dan Marino. Oh, fuck, oh, like, yeah. All right, get let's
2: get into it. Into
1: that. Get into that. Was get into that was the greatest it. thing in I'm the world. It was like Thanks back.
0: Service.
1: It was just back to back cameo. I was like, you just think like, oh, okay, we have our Michael Bay cameo. And then he's just like. You know what? Let me one up. Oh, self. yeah. So Every
2: funny. movie needs Dan Marino. So
1: fucking funny. All right. It's I... a
2: good, like, comedic timing setup to be like, oh, here's the director. And then it's like, <laughs> and then Dan, Dan Marino. Marino. It's, it's insane. It's like, what? Um, right, but right. you, I know we're here. So let's just do it before you get into the plot. Can you, Mark, explain like the significance of Dan Marino in the 90s? I mean, he was
1: Dan he was
2: like one of the best
0: quarterbacks of the time and, and ever, but he never, I don't, I might be wrong with this. He never won a super bowl. He may have never even gone to the super bowl. Oh, um, but also more like he went to one super bowl, but they never won. And also, he was just like he broke every record when it came to passing. Okay. The, the dolphins for so long, like had no running backs. And he would just. He <laughs> only oh really had one trip to the Super <laughs> and Bowl, and then didn't win.
1: And he to get to that in the championship game, he made 420 yard.
0: The dude, worth of passes. They just they just rode his fucking arm to all these amazing seasons, and he because I, I liked the Dolphins, and we especially know more good Rochester because like they played the Bills twice a year, so there's always the rivalry of Dan Marino against Jim Kelly and shit like that. He was like around when it was like the Dolphins Bills rivalry. Like that. Was when would thing. you say
2: he retired? Like mid 90s?
0: He probably he might have already been retired by now, By by this movie 2003, was it? Yeah.
1: Oh, he was inducted into the College Hall of Fame by 2003.
0: Um, I think he was that he was done in the 90s. Maybe
2: 2000. Career end in 2000. Oh, okay. That's kind of wild And
0: that he was also in Ace Ventura though.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kick it ass at okay. that. Well,
1: also, this movie takes place in Miami. Yeah, yeah. So it's like oh, you almost oh. there's the got players, us like, throw like, Dan Marino in there. There's
0: some players that it's like they're kind of like cool players. Like if you put them in your like they have like swag or whatever. Dan Marino's a nerd ass. Like
1: yeah. he's just like <laughs> thank, you, thank you, officers. Thank you, officers. <laughs> please take a nice uh, trip in this car. Oh, yeah, it, it, take his car. Good.
2: It's he, good, he,
1: though. It's fun. No, he oh, yeah. He's like, driving the car. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Will Smith's yeah. just like, oh, damn. Dan Marino should buy this car. I mean, not this one. I'm going to fuck it up. But he should <laughs> buy this car.
0: Weird, All right. Man. All right. Weird, so weird, th- this movie, um, <laughs> the plot of this movie, the, the drug is ecstasy. And you have at first Russians and cubans in uh, working together to bring coffin loads of ecstasy to miami and they're trying to like the, the beginning starts with like a drug bust that's kind of a bust like they, they they don't end up getting all of the money or the ecstasy or something will will smith was it mark and uh is it marcus yeah or mark mike and mark
1: michael is will smith yeah, Marcus it is Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Um, they honestly could have changed those names to not it, be it, so similar.
0: It's very bizarre. Like they, the the Russians and the Cubans are like bringing the money in or the drugs in, and there's some kind of like they have like the DEA and the SWAT team, and they have all these different cops coming in to stop them, and they only end up finding like a million bucks, and the KKK is involved for some reason. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Henry Rollins is one of the fucking cops. Oh, <laughs> Remember,
2: okay.
0: He's from Black Flag. Remember yeah. for a while, like, I feel like there was like a span of six years where every shitty action movie, Henry Rollins had like a 10 minute part in it. It was just like, we need an intimidating guy. that has got a muscly neck and a tattoo crawling up the back of
2: it. Look, I saw this movie young enough. I saw it in 2003. And so when you see Henry Rollins, I had no framework. That's like, oh, this is the lead singer of Black Flag. So when I saw him, just like, who the fuck is this character actor? Like, this guy's really solid and like just in Henry his Rollins. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's Henry Rollins.
0: That's um, awesome. So but that was kind of a bust and they get chewed out a little bit because, you know, they a the bunch of resources were used and they didn't end up getting a ton of these this ecstasy and whatever. So you
1: see this sex yeah, the
0: ecstasy. Oh. So they're trying to find the people that are doing this. And it's basically there's this Cuban guy teamed up with the Russians. At some point, the Cuban guy ends up killing the Russians. And it's just him bringing in the ecstasy and, and all that stuff. Um, and they got to basically take him down. Um, but another layer of that is, what's it, Gabriel Union?
1: Gabriel. Gabriel
0: Union? Yeah. Gabriel Union is martin uh, Lawrence's sister marcus she's working for the dea she was doing money laundering for the russians undercover so that kind of adds like a layer to it where they're both going after you know will smith and martin Lawrence are going after the cuban ecstasy dealers so is she so is gabriel union um martin Lawrence's sister in this and he's like you know protective of her but also will smith is banging her and he's pissed at will smith they're having a bunch of friction he wants out I uh, I wants out of, out of their partnership because he's sick of Will Smith's a dog. He's a dog, he's a sex dog. And then they end up saving the day, I assume. I don't even fucking remember by the end. It was two and a half hours long. I assume they saved the day. They stopped the, the flow of ecstasy coming in and uh, they, they stayed partners. The end. Did I miss anything?
2: Yeah, they killed the bad guy. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, here is yeah, you missed a lot because you know what? There is way too fucking much happening in this movie. Like I know Eric's going to get on some fucking weird soapbox and say that there wasn't, but there is too fucking much going on in this movie. There's way too many moving parts. And honestly, at the end of the day, most of it doesn't fucking matter. Like this is like a hard movie to explain because it's just too much. Like I don't really need to understand the intricate workings of like an ecstasy drug ring. You know what I mean? Just make it fucking general and give me the rest. But instead, they like really wanted to get down to like the nitty gritty of shit. And they're just sort of like half all over the place. And they didn't need to involve Russians and Cubans and the KKK, but they're like, there's not enough in here yet, and just it's too fucking. You know, much. all
0: right, I'm gonna just just jump ahead to a scene just to show where they're what Lily's saying where there's too much because I like this. This movie was fun to watch. It's a ridiculous movie, but the whole thing what what I kind of liked was um um uh, Mike and Michael and Marcus at odds with each other. Right. Cause I get where fucking Martin Lawrence is coming from. Yeah. Wilson's character. He's a fucking dog, right? Like he only thinks about himself and it's just like, it's dangerous and he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. I get that. I get where he's their, coming their from. Their
2: chemistry is like off the charts. Oh, like, yeah. They're so good together.
0: Um, But so they're I think it was like at the peak of them fighting with each other, like pissed off at each other and a lot of friction in their relationship. The whole movie stops down, erases all of that, so that those two can do a bit with Martin Lawrence's daughter's date.
2: Reggie, coming in,
0: which see. was hilarious. Listen, it's a great scene, but it erases
1: all the tension that they built up for that movie. And then it's like, why is this part in here? Okay, let let's fucking break down that scene because you know what?
2: Can we say that the scene? scene-
1: is? should have been most of the fucking movie because you know what <laughs> this is the problem with this movie is it's like all this like fucking drug shit and Michael Bay's gotta fucking just jerk off all over the place and have as many bodies and cars uh, and explosions no he is literally I saw him it was a bad shot that forgot to edit out Allegedly. he's jerking off in the corner <laughs> in one of these movies but it's like it's so much when the best parts of this movie, are just the two of them and their interpersonal relationship. Like the best parts are these idiots in a pool. The best parts are them harassing a poor boy at the door, which be the way they really did harass that poor boy. He did not know a fake gun was going to get pulled on him. Martin Lawrence security told that kid don't you dare look at Martin Lawrence in the face. Don't you look him in the eye during your scene? And Martin Lawrence was purposely really mean to him so the kid would be more scared during the scene. Like, I'm just saying, the best parts of Bad Boys One and Bad Boys Two is the two of them together. And that should be more of the plot points, not like all this chaotic drug shit in Amsterdam and in Cuba and Coke and bodies and ecstasy up fucking your butthole like it's just too much when mostly at the end of the day I just want the two of them so the the
0: scene is Reggie is coming over to Martin's Marcus Marcus's Marcus's house house to pick up his Marcus's 15 year old daughter for like a date or something and Marcus and Michael are messing with him because it's like you know the cliche of just like the Dad giving the the boyfriend shit, or whatever. And I was gonna say Reggie's the best actor in this movie.
1: So
2: good, so good. I mean, um,
1: how could you not be like? Wouldn't you be so intimidated if you had to like act with the two of them?
2: Here's, I'll just give you a taste of where I'm at, <laughs> just oh, a God. flavor I, of where I I'm at. Already
1: hate where you're at. I, like I already just. This movie's good. It, oh. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I, I walked away. No. Oh, (laughs) I walked away being like, this movie was super long. I walked away. There are so many funny lines in this movie, like some really funny shit in this movie. And I feel like they got so lost in all of the bullshit. And I wish this had been more focused on their relationship and less focused on like searching out these drugs and shit. But Eric, where are you at?
2: (laughs) Oh man, here's the thing. (laughs) There is a lot of bad in this. And the bad I think just comes from it being 2003, right? A couple of bad boys in it. Yeah, things that just don't age well, right? There's a lot of like gay panic in the movie. There's a lot of like you have misogyny and just kind of like, Oh, everyone's kind of getting filmed from like their butt up. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Um, so there's stuff where you kind of go like, okay, yeah, bit problematic, not going to hold up in today's, you know, culture, but I know you are saying there's a lot going on and there's a bit of redundancy. At one point, I was having that thought, Lily. It was the second car chase of the film. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my second God. Second half
0: hour long car chase. Yeah.
2: I'm like another fucking car chase. We just had like the car chase to end all car chases, which we'll talk about. But the first car chase is like, yeah, 30 minutes long. And it's the most like insane, epic thing. The most insane car chase I've ever seen. It, and then like, It
0: seems like it's mostly, mostly like like practical or like, like stuns. It's like stuns. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Which it's definitely wild.
2: mostly practical. And then where they do use CGI is some of the shots where like, the, because, okay, we'll talk a little bit about the first, the first car chase, like they're, they're driving behind uh one of those trucks that has like a rig on the back that holds other cars and the bad guys are like letting those cars off onto the freeway to like stall them. So there's some shots where like the seat, the car's, that you're like behind our cgi so the camera can do those cool moves where it like avoids those cars but it looks like you're about to go into one or whatever but it's yeah. seamless you can't tell it's cgi because everything else is also practical and everything looks really good but anyway so you have this epic crazy car chase and then they start doing a second car chase and i'm like oh fuck they lost me like don't do another car chase but then, in the second car chase, instead of the bad guys throwing cars at them, they start throwing dead bodies at them. <laughs> and there's literally a shot of like a cadaver hits the pavement, and Marcus and Mike run over it, and like the head pops off. Yeah, it's wild. And I'm like, I'm back in. This is wild. Awesome. It's a <laughs> wild scene. The fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I was like, yes, you let's go. You do have to give
1: it go. to the car chase scenes. They are excessively memorable.
0: And I would say, I know this goes against, and I mean, this has been shown what I'm about to say, like, it has been shown time and time again that pretty much violent video games and violent movies with a lot of guns and stuff, that's not what equals school shooters. I know that was kind of like the talking point in the 90s that it's Mm -hmm. like the Matrix causes is causing school shooters. That's not the fucking case type of thing. But either way, I kind of like how nonchalantly they use their guns and how not a big deal is it is because it almost takes the violence out of it. You know what I mean? Like their guns, they're almost using it like they're playing fucking tag. Like there's no weight to them using their guns. It's like, oh yeah, we're in a crowded, we're on Main Street, Miami, just fucking unload 30 yeah. clips into these people. And there's almost like a non-violence to how ridiculous.
1: Oh. I'm sorry, you didn't think? that it was just like, really like, like, wow, this is a fucking violent movie when literally towards the beginning of the movie, Will Smith shoots his gun slow-mo on that bullet bullet through a class <laughs> through a shoulder and into Martin Lawrence's ass No, it's through
0: Martin. Lawrence. <laughs> I have it written down bullet yeah. time through Martin Lawrence's ass as a gag and then into a man's neck.
2: A KKK members <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're you're trying to tell me, Mark, that that's a lighthearted way to use a gun. It, it got, yeah, they're
0: pretty <laughs> they're pretty notched a lot lighthearted with their gun use, and they like there's that one scene where like, oh, it's near the beginning. There, uh, it's with the Haitian dudes. The Haitian oh, yeah, dudes. Yeah. And oh, he puts God, the, the
1: fucking Haitian dudes. He
0: puts the gun like Martin, I think, or Will Smith's character puts the Mark, gun. Michael. Michael puts the gun like in a hole in a wall, which is like oh, six okay. inches from a Haitian dude's face. And he, the Haitian dude looks into the hole, sees the gun, and it blows his fucking head off.
1: Okay. In that same scene, I did appreciate because through like the beginning of the movie, Marcus, Martin Lawrence character, is trying to be like more zen and like,
0: Ooh, yeah, Like, we don't have
1: to be so violent. <laughs> like, we should talk to people. And like, he really made his point during this scene with the Haitian guys, Will Smith just killed a fuck ton of them. And Martin just like kind of loses it. So it's like beating the shit out of one of them. And then he's just like, starts talking to the dead bodies. It's just like, hey man, can you give me some information? And then he's like looking back at Will Smith's character and just being like, see, this is why we don't just go around shooting people because dead men can't talk. And it was just like, such an odd scene but like kind of like served the point at the same time so like but so there was like they are using their guns very nonchalantly just destroying all of downtown miami but at the same time they did have martin lawrence's character being like jesus christ can't we just like talk some shit out man do do
0: you think like where do you think the usa thing came from because the whole thing was that they had seeds and the thing is like uh, it's a therapy thing. You put seeds in your air, ears and it's a pressure point to relax you when you're feeling stressed. And then the usa thing and then the one guy uh, from the, the Matrix, it was uh, not say or whatever the fuck it is. And like, who whose gag is that? Because okay. that was through the whole that was like the one comedic string through the entire I'm movie. I'm going to tell you
1: whose gag it is.
0: Who hates psychiatrists? And I'm
1: going to say and I'll put allegedly in front of it. I'm just saying. There had to have been someone telling Michael Bay that he didn't have to be so violent in movies. <laughs> and this was just his fucking retort. To well, us.
2: <laughs> I, I want to talk about this a little bit because. This I know what I'm about to say is going to sound crazy. This easily could have been taken by a studio to be PG-13. And I know you would say like, no, this movie's way too violent to be that. But it's like that's what these PG-13 bullshit movies are in modern day. Yeah, or even Michael Bay's Transformer movies. It's just like all the blood and like maybe I think like the
1: cursing is honestly what put it into R, and not necessarily even the violence.
2: Well, I mean, some guy gets blown up with a yeah, landmine. You see, me, like, you see
0: bullets going into faces in this movie. No,
1: yeah. but I'm just saying. Like, I think a lot of movies are super violent that are like PG-13, and I think a lot of it is like the use of the N word in this movie and how many I, fucks they do. That more pushes it into the R than the violence does
2: yeah and there's nudity and i mean here's what i was going to say when you watch a movie that's neutered like that that feels like such a crime where you're just like oh this is for adults and it's like yeah it's like bloodless violence like bullets are hitting people and there's no blood or like Mm. they cut away before something happens and you just kind of feel like "Eh, this is kind of mundane so i do appreciate a high budget r-rated movie that's like holy shit they had like the same budget a superhero movie would have in fact they were competing with superhero movies i think it was like the hulk came out that year and they were
1: competing against the hulk and matrix reloaded
2: right so it's like i can see michael bay kind of being like we have to kind of keep up with what they're doing and you know maybe the matrix kind of helped them because matrix are also r-rated movies at the time so mm-hmm. they're like fuck it let's do an r-rated movie Here's the thing. I'm with Mark. I think this movie is super fun and I thoroughly enjoy watching it. Is it excessive? Yes. Is it too fucking long? Yes. But all those qualities, again, and we can go deeper down this rabbit hole as we continue to review the film. I think, I think Michael Bay can be classified as like an auteur director because he has, which Lily was describing earlier, such a distinct point of view. And whether you agree with that point of view or not. It's there and no one else can emulate him. When people try to emulate him, they fucking fail because they're not crazy enough to emulate. <laughs> him. And my second theory, which might be, what do you call like a theory? That's not good. A straw man theory.
1: Sure. This is, this Stra- is straw an argument.
2: Yeah. This is just what I believe. It yeah, might through, have no your
1: shitty theory, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It
2: might not have any bearing in reality, but I believe that Michael Bay is also like a low key satirist where You think what you're watching is like, oh, my God, Michael Bay has the brain of a 14 year old. He thinks like these like almost repugnant jokes and these like just like all this stuff, like how extreme everything is. Seems like it delights him. Like, oh, this is awesome. Like people in a club, like look at all these girls or oh, this is such funny humor. Look how broad this humor is. Or oh, look at this action. That guy's head got blown off. I think in a way he's kind of feeding back like America into itself being like, no, this is like how ridiculous we are. Almost like when a foreign person watches like uh, what they think America is, this is what he's feeding back to us. Like this is the extreme Mountain Dew version of America.
1: I do like that theory on its surface. And you admitted that it's like a surface theory. And I would lean into that where it's just like, he's like, almost holding up like a mirror. of just like, this is what you guys like. Yeah. It's not me that's sick. It's you that's sick. Except for the fact that little known thing about uh, Bad Boys 2. I don't know if either of you caught it, but Megan Fox is in this movie, who he would later go to cast in Transformers. Did either of you see her? Did not. Yep. Okay. Megan Fox is in the nightclub scene. And, uh, she's in a bikini and they, Michael Bay decided the last minute that he had to stick her like under a waterfall to be dancing because, uh, someone on the team was like, oh, Hey, be the way she's only 15. So we can't show her consuming alcohol in the nightclub or like ingesting drugs. And me being, A normal person would be like, holy fucking shit. Get her the fuck off my set. Who hired a 15 year old? Also, me being a normal, not fucking weird pervert would be like, "Uh, holy shit. Get the bikini off the 15 year old. No, instead, Michael Bay's like, yes, love it keep the 15 year old. Now let's also put her underwater. Just don't want to help
0: young actresses. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Drew Barrymore was drunk through all of ET, right? Yeah, I do.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying like, so I like want to believe that he's showing some mirror, but like on some level he's showing a mirror, but he's also got to be some kind of sick freak.
2: Well, here's what I was going to say. I, I don't have a rebuttal. The Megan Fox thing is fucking like gross. creepy? Yeah, creepy. Um, here's the thing. The key phrase I used in the my theory that he's also like a low-key satirist is low-key. Because a lot of times it's like, you're right. It's, yeah, he's pushing maybe like what we want to see out of movies. I think he's laughing more at what he's showing and laughing more at what he's doing than you think. But at the same time, it's also his fetishes and the things he likes too. So I'm not saying like he's completely absolved of like, uh, uh, ogling like women or whatever, having violent things or like broad humor that can be very problematic. Like, I'm not absolving him of that. What I'm suggesting is that. He finds maybe the humor more in it. So there is a yeah, sequence. I
1: can, I, can, I can 100% agree with that. Yeah.
2: Like there is that sequence. Let's talk about the nightclub. So they set up the nightclub, which is being run by the Russian side of the operation. Right. And I always forget that actor's name, but he's in like minority part. He's in everything. And he's fucking great. What was it? Peter Stromer? Stormer? Yeah. He plays the Russian. But you're in his club and it does have a waterfall and it's like the whole setup to that scene's crazy because I think we start like in the skyline with a helicopter. Then we go through like the, the cooling vents of the building, like the camera and one shots going through it, augmented with CGI. And then we end up like in a bowl of ecstasy and you're like, holy fuck, what, what is going on? And then eventually you get into the club and like you see like models, like both men and women, like, groping each other they're all taking ecstasy so they're all fucked up or whatever it's this insane sequence and the waterfall is creating kind of like a rain effect in the club like people are kind of being rained on a little bit right so they're like Mm. all dancing in the water they're under the waterfall they're getting rained on and some dude starts to od on the ecstasy so the russian's just like get him out of my club i can't have him dying here in the club because he can
1: literally see him under the office OD because his office has like a like fucking a, clear no bottom bang. like a yeah. boat,
2: like that is so genius. It breaks my brain. Where it's just like, it, or not when I say genius, I mean it in the Michael Bay sense. Or it's like he's like, we need an office with a floor that has a window that you can see into the club, so I can have a yeah. shot from it's above just like the a chaotic
1: rug. detail yeah. <laughs> that most people would be like, this detail does not matter to have, but it does add like an insanely memorable part
2: yeah because it's like the guy you can literally have a shot of him being like get him out of my club and we can see the guy odin below we see the russian all happening in this one shot and so they drag the guy out of the club who's already drenched water because it's raining in the club. And they bring him outside in like a fake ambulance and they drop him off in an alley where it's raining outside. Mm. That's the level of insanity this movie's operating at where it's just like, not only is it raining in the fucking club, it's raining outside, and we're getting rid of this body because he's fucking ODing on our shit. And I don't know, that's such a weird touch. It does remind me a lot of Tony Scott. It does remind me a lot of like people who. We're pushing the action genre. I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer again produced this movie. He's famous for working with Tony Scott. Now, Don
0: Simpson's working. on on this.
2: You know what? I didn't check. I want to say Don Simpson. I hope he's on it. Like Come those on, are the Don. duo right there. We got it. here's the thing too. Oh, he's on there, good.
1: I looked over at Mark at that scene where they like they push this guy out and he let them OD in the street. And me and Mark were simultaneously writing in our notes, like this is the most Michael Bay shit ever. I like wrote, this is a fever dream. Like that, because that whole nightclub scene comes immediately after like a really oddly comic scene of our boys, our bad boys taking on the KKK where there's like a... Fucking burning crucifix going, and they're shooting people in the ass. Oh, and they Will get Smith out of the KKK outfits, they, with the they guns. bust out of the KKK oh, it's outfits. So Wilson, that you know, Marcus came ready to die, and Marcus is like, "I fucking did not come to die." They're <laughs> taking out all these KK people. There's like the slow mo bullets through asses. Um, when Marcus goes, I got shot in the ass. Like Michael, literally, she's like, "Oh." <gasps> who shot you in the ass? And it was fucking him. It was him. So you go from like this, like pretty, like weirdly comedic scene, dark comedic scene, just all of a sudden to this fucking fever dream of a nightclub where it's just like, like you said, we're coming down grates and there's windows and there's waterfalls and it is just like such a odd transition that only Michael Bay would do. I, I
0: have so many notes that I want to get to, but I I feel like I need to get to something first. So can I I'm just gonna say my notes verbatim, we're not gonna dive deep into them because we've already passed these parts of the movie. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. Sure. And I just
0: didn't say one during the first car scene when everything's crashing. There was definitely a pickup truck that was already destroyed before it even crashed into anything. Just Love like that. I just Love like that it. they're reusing shit. Um I said the chase scene is so insane. If it happened in real life, it'd be as big as 9-11. And then also problematic stuff. They call, tell the Haitian guys, you're in my country. Mm-hmm. And they made fun of like a chunky like little girl, like yeah. a child girl. They made what I forgot what the line was. They made fun of how fast she was. Yeah. Anyways, Will Smith. I feel like I've said this before. It was a Will Smith podcast. Maybe I've said this. I could see me saying this in the first Men in Black. Um, but I feel like I really mean it out, like physically how Will Smith looks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how he's acting. This is like full form Will Smith. Yes, he's like, got he's so swagger jacked, and he's jacked and he's got confident and he's hilarious and he's badass. Like this is like the most maybe every movie he just gets more Will Smithy. But I feel like he's, like, getting more and more Will Smithy every time I see him in a movie. This movie, he's, like, amazing in. Like, this is Will
1: Smith. I mean, I feel like 2003 is, like, a good year. He's coming off his Oscar nomination for Ali. He's jacked as shit. You know, his kids. He's really jacked. His son, Trey, is probably, like, 15-ish at this time. So his other two are, like, a little bit younger than that. So, like, you know, on, like, the baby stage, uh, Jada's in... The Matrix movies. I mean, this is like a power family. This is like a power couple. This is a guy who's got a lot of massive blockbusters under his belt. Now he's also getting like that critical acclaim with like the Oscar nom. So I feel like 2000, he's got like the albums that have all done good. I feel like 2003. It's fucking I, good to be Will Smith. Ali,
0: Ali changed him because Eric said it. Men in Black, too. That was a shitty movie, but Will Smith was great in it, like great at acting. I feel like Will Smith was great at acting in this one, too.
2: Yeah, he's top, top shelf Will Smith. He's so fucking good in this. And I'll give you an example. Um, there's a great dynamic set up in this film that adds conflict where you discover that Marcus has a little kid sister, Gabriel Union who's is she part of the fda was she part of the the, DEA? DEA,
0: and she's undercover laundering money for the russians
2: yes so she's got her own operation but the conflict comes from that you find out that will smith and gabriel union had a hookup at some point that they haven't told marcus that this happened martin lawrence and so there is this tension of like when are you going to tell my brother that we're like a thing they're like together almost it's like at least loosely together loosely together or had a hookup something but it seems like five dates yes and so going to the point and i really want to unpack that because i think or i'll just do it right now i think that dynamic is actually really fucking great for this movie because there was a part of me that's like oh tia leone is not in this from the first bad boys yeah but i appreciate that they didn't like redo that again, where it's just like, oh, here's like a witness or here's just like a random person. I like that. It's like familial. And like there's that tension of like, oh, my you know, partner on the force is possibly dating my sister. And there's good comedy there. And I think Gabrielle Union's fucking awesome in this. Like she's really, really good. So th- I love that dynamic. But to go to Mark's point about Will Smith, there's a sequence later in the film where Marcus and Mike are kind of like uh, fighting and they're not quite on the same page. And Gabrielle Union, Will Smith are sitting in a hammock and -hmm. she's like, hey, why don't you tell my brother what happened in New York? And Will Smith doesn't play it big he just starts like stumbling through like, Oh yeah. And we got fish and we did this and we kind of bumped into each other. So his comedic timing is like so good because he's like pitch perfect. He knows how to like deliver comedy and not an obvious way. Like I can see mm-hmm. someone bumbling through that scene. Right. And playing it big to be like, Oh, when I saw your sister in New York, and uh, Oh my gosh. And like starting to sweat. And like, he just plays it so deadpan and funny, but going to Mark's point, Then it transitions from comedy into like this dramatic, where they're like shoving each other and yelling at each other, and there's no jokes anymore. And it's like completely like good Will Smith drama. And I'm gonna give it up to Martin Lawrence. He's also delivering it back just as good, like talking about like the dramatic angle of being like, dude, you're always doing this. Like, you're the killing people, or yeah, you're being a dog. And like, this is why I don't wanna be your partner anymore. This is not a good relationship that we're having. And you're like, fuck, these two are just operating at like the top of their game. So,
1: I yeah, feel like Will Smith is me, in top
2: form.
1: I feel like for me, that's what was disappointing about this movie is they focus so much, like, again, you have so many people. So you have KKK members, you have Haitian guys, you have Russians, you have Cubans. Like, like it's like, let's, let's just villainize everybody. But the best parts of this movie are the interpersonal relationships. It's the Marcus being upset that Michael comes over his house and like shits on his pool and his wife kind of fucking likes him better than him. And now he's dating like the little sister and, you know, Michael will drive crazy and get them into dangerous situations without thinking about the fact that Marcus has an entire family and maybe doesn't want to always be in fucking danger. And maybe he's not as comfortable fucking shooting people and killing them as Michael is. And it's just like they're, they're dynamic is so juicy on paper, but then you get Martin Lawrence and you get Will Smith and their dynamic is so fucking funny and complex and layered on camera that honestly, like I wanted more shots. Like in the first one, when they were doing like um wife swap, like that shit was so funny. Like when they're together almost doing their family shit It was so much more of an enjoyable movie than just like I don't like just trying to figure out like, wait, so they're sending drugs and coffins and then sending bodies back filled with cash. Like, I just didn't give a shit about all the details of this. It should have been less of a drug movie, more of a navigating this part of a buddy cop
0: movie. Um, All right. Well, to go against Lily's point, there are some gratuitous scenes that are amazing, and I'm going to just point out one because it How's actually
1: against my point
0: because it goes by uh, what Eric said about the first one. There was an exposition dump in the first one that yes. featured the um, the captain um, from from the Matrix playing, um, basketball. playing basketball, right? And he's like kind of scolding mm. them. There's a big exposition dump. Yeah, there's. That's like a Michael Bay thing, right? Eric er, er, how however Eric put it, that like basically Michael Bay is like, let's not just have like a boring scene, let's have them fucking him missing baskets or whatever. Yeah, they had another one, they had another exposition dump um in this one. But instead of a wild basketball scene, this one was um the bad guy shooting rats. They have a rat yes, problem.
2: Mark. I'm so glad you brought this up. Keep going and, Go and they're shooting
0: rats that. during this exposition dump as they're explaining their relationship with the Cubans and the, the money. And where's the money going? I got to deal. And with why them. they have to
1: launder it? and they're
0: just shooting these fucking rats. And Eric, I'm, like you go on about the rats. I just gonna say one more thing about the rats. Then the rats are a reason that Michael and Marcus need to go pretend that they're like uh, exterminators and go into the drug dealers den and whatever and wire it and, like wiretap them and stuff. But there's a scene. Where there's two rats oh having sex.
2: God. Oh <laughs> my God. And this, the line is, oh. I
0: think Martin Lawrence said the line is, wow, look at them. They fuck just like us. <laughs> and it's <laughs> a rat doing like missionary style with <laughs> <laughs> rat. It's the
1: most amazing thing He's I've ever seen. So- patently insane (laughs) that these rats are fucking missionary style (laughs) and like one of them has kind of like a half smile on it it's the humans
0: yeah it's Rizzo the rat from the Muppets
1: it is the most insane shit it's like you're saying Michael Bay is holding up a mirror to us no, he's got a weird fetish. Okay.
2: No, that is the a ranch. weird fetish. It's <laughs> that so that? good, dude. That and those were puppets. Someone had to make those. That's so fucking good. And, and hump
1: them together.
2: And hump them together, and it worked. It totally worked. So no, Mark's hundred percent right. And I literally have it on my notes. I have a note that just says rats and exposition. And because I recognize that, because we've seen so many fucking movies where they do the exposition dump at a desk, whether it's the bad guys or the good guys. Uh, Captain America, you need to get this and do this before Thanos does this and it's at a fucking sterile desk or you know, uh, take like another a tarmac
0: in the rain right. just talking to each other.
2: Just talk each other or even bad guys in movies they'll like be like oh here's like the bad guy's desk and they're in a room and it's like man our money's we got money problem we need the x over here blah blah and you're right michael bay just goes that's fucking boring because as an audience member i'm going that's boring i don't want to watch that especially because this is like a carefree movie it sometimes can work for great effect to have like a quiet exposition scene in this case michael bay is like no they should be in a room because the rats are like eating their fucking money. And so he's shooting at them and then they start walking down a long hallway. And yeah, he starts explaining like, you got to do this to do this, blah, 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 blah. But he keeps getting upset and flustered and starts shooting at rats. that are like invading his home. And I'm like, brilliant. You took like the boring scene and just made it exciting enough to get to the next fucking thing. Let's move. Let's go. So I'm with you, Mark.
0: And then you got that great scene of the rats fucking for no re- no reason.
1: But you know, I might feel like this is the problem now. Is like Michael Bay can take something boring, like that exposition scene, and he's just like, you know what, visually, let's do something so this is less boring. And it's like he should find writers who can fucking do that with a script too. who be like, hey, let's take this. Fucking shit we don't need in the script And either get rid of it or Make it a reason to have In the script I just feel like I like I feel like that's like a problem Sometimes like this movie is Two and a half hours it doesn't need To be and it's like Michael Bay's Doing the most and it's like He needs a writer that's also doing the most That you know like uh, Men in Black The first one thing for your buck Every time they talked, it was moving the story along. Not a lot of fat. There's so much fat on this movie. And it's like there needed to be a better writing team to knock the fucking fat off. Because if Michael Bay is sitting there as the director and able to fucking cram so much into one shot and do so much shit, let's fucking get the writing up to par two then. Let's get rid of all the coherent shit that we don't need so that this thing is lean as fuck.
2: We need a better metaphor because I wouldn't call it fat, I would call it something else that's a lot of <laughs> like, like, is this like a really long, but isn't it
1: fat? Where, like, Eric, is there a reasonable need to have the bad guys be both KKK members, a group of random ass water world Haitians, um, Russians, and Cubans? We couldn't narrow that down to even two parties. I'm
0: not, I, I wouldn't cut. I get what you're saying, because that was like daunting to be two and a half hours. Like when I was like the last half hour, I was just like, oh, my God, we got another. I'm not even
1: saying I like action scenes. I'm just saying, like, couldn't the Haitian people just they could have also just been Cubans like the underlings. You know what I mean? Like, it's like just all these different. I want sectors. to. I want to see
0: them shoot a rainbow. You know what I mean. I want to see them shoot as many types of people as possible. But then they
1: have to explain why all these different people are involved, and it's just fucking unnecessary. It's it's
0: tough because I, I you you're heard. I'm hearing <laughs> you. I understand. But like because like I was thinking like that very first car chase scene. Yeah, there's like a bouquet of fucking cars. Just like what?
1: we counted it. It is twenty two cars and a. Oh, sure that's also There's a of bouquet
0: them. of cars yeah. that crash and it lasts forever yeah. and it just keeps going and it's like i i understand that that should be shorter but then it's like it's it's not michael bay if it is shorter yes. so it's like you're it's a yeah. catch-22 because it's like it would be better if it's shorter but then are you losing like the michael bayness of it if it isn't and he's been successful people like his shit you know
1: but i think it's so have that scene. Have have both of your car chase scenes. Because you know what? That shit was memorable. So let's just cut down some of the other shit. Honestly, the Cubans could have been in control of everything. They could have owned I the nightclub. They could have been the Haitian guys. Like We just didn't need to involve so many different plot points that we then all needed to connect. Like, we... Like it I got I confusing think I where you have the Miami police department, but then you also have the DEA, but sometimes you weren't sure which ones were who in the van. And it's so like, so just fucking cut down the fat and just have it all be one fucking department. Like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like it's too simplify, just simplify. And then you can get rid of some like scenes you don't need, but then you can keep the long car chase scenes. You can keep the Michael Bay. shit.
2: I see what you're saying. You're not necessarily suggesting like the length is like the the fat of it. You're just suggesting there's just, it needs to be streamlined more. You're suggesting. Yeah,
1: it's that, like, the like script.
2: You're, you're trying to chase too many plot points here. This might be bad on me. So I'm not suggesting this is how you guys watch it. This might be bad on me. How I simplified in my head is like, who are the good guys in this case? The movie's telling us the good guys are Marcus and Mike everyone else just falls under bad guys. Like everyone else they're chasing (laughs) Ku Klux Klan, the Haitians, the Cubans, the Russians, whoever's trying to hurt our heroes. So I didn't get as bogged down being like, oh, how, why are the Haitians a part of this? How is the Ku Klux Klan involved with this? How is these people over here? It's just like, they're all just, things that are in the way of our main characters I, I end goal
0: went into this movie fully knowing just the way my brain works and how these movies work that about 40 minutes in I wasn't really going to be knowing what the intricacies of what was happening just that yeah. there was bad guys and there was good guys and drugs involved
1: but I think that's my problem is like so that's how people are watching these movies being like It's bad guys, good guys. So it's like, why are the writers wasting their fucking time then? Don't make all these weird character choices and plot point ideas when you know at the end of the day, people are just like, it's these two against the world. But instead, they're like wasting their time and wasting my time by trying to craft these intricate, different bad guys. When, like you just said, at one point in the movie, you're just like, you know what? it's these two against everybody else so to me it's just like so then stop fucking wasting my time i don't know it's like he's like a, it's, it's just bad writing
0: it's like an eccentric eccentric room that you walk in it's got a <laughs> buffalo head up and it's got some bizarre furniture and seven TVs and you're like michael simplify and he just loves it all so much but he doesn't take but it you know know yeah, what? it's know.
1: not on michael bay cuz i'm not even saying like he's not writing the script This is like, to me, this is all a script problem. The dude who wrote this script literally did a quick scan through the first bad boys interviewed and then never watched the movie after it came out. So you didn't really have
2: to watch it again.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, what? I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't think this is a Michael Bay problem. I'm saying. I like because visually cool shit was happening. I'm just saying it's a script problem. I didn't need to be in Amsterdam. I didn't need to be in Miami. I didn't need to be in a random swamp. I didn't need to be in Cuba. I didn't need to be at Guantanamo Bay at any fucking point. Like, but Michael Bay is doing cool shit. Like, yeah, I want to see someone chucking an iguana over a wall. Sure. Why not? I'm just saying there is a script problem here where someone should have come in and just fucking taken a red line to some of the I think
0: some of the best parts of this movie are the comedy between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, which I think is like why Will Smith is so great as an actor and why Martin Lawrence, because I mean, I could be wrong. This could be like the office where everything's written word for word, but it seems like a lot of it is like, put these two fuckers in a car and let's yeah. just let the comedians riff, type of thing. Not that Will Smith's a straight up comedian, but he's funny as shit. And they kill it. Like they kill it in all the comedy. That's like some of the best stuff in this.
1: I think, I think to me, that's what's annoying is that I think the script does a disservice to the best parts of this movie. Like instead of putting all these like weird characters in there, it's just like, let me just spend more time with the two of them. Because they are like, I have so many quotes just written throughout this of just funny fucking, like, you know what scene that like wasn't necessary and maybe slightly problematic, but was so fucking funny was when the two of these idiots are in like a camera store. (laughs) Yes. And it's getting played over all the cameras, where he's like, my ass still hurts from what you did to it. (laughs) And he's just like, he's like, You can't say the word flaccid to me. And then the gay guys are like, oh, my God, he's a monster. Like, you know what? That shit was fucking hilarious. And like, that's a thing where someone could be like, oh, that's unnecessary. But you know what? It's a comedy. So it's super necessary. So for me, cut the Haitians, cut the Russians, but keep like the weird bullshit like that. Because it was it was such a funny scene and it did nothing for us, but it was funny as fuck.
2: All right, so I'm gonna get even more pretentious now, and and not take ex- the uh, like uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> like explain why maybe I like this way, but I'm also very bad when it comes to like plot schematics. I think Lily, you're actually really good at observing, like. How is this tying together? Usually I check my brain at the door with most movies, which is kind of a fucked up thing because I prefer when a movie Me and
0: Eric are the same, man. I'm just like, I hardly know what's happening in a movie. What's the point I'm of getting, watching? I'm
1: no, feelings.
2: That's, that's no,
1: what, You <laughs> don't have feelings. That's a bold space line, Mark Myra. <laughs> it's the same reason. Like,
0: I don't know my favorite song. I don't know the lyrics. Yes. I'm I can't remember Mark. lyrics, yep. but I can remember. Oh, I love this riff. What if you I find
1: love- out that your favorite song it's, it's just happened. real bad. <laughs> it chat. happened. Yes.
0: I'm just but, saying, I am just say. OK, go ahead, Eric. This was your point. Go ahead.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I, what I was just going to say is like I talk to people like you, Lily, or other people who see movies and they're just like, oh, yeah, I can't believe this happened in this line of dialogue and this and this pod point. And I'm like, what fucking movie did you watch? Because <laughs> how I like watching movies is I like when things just kind of wash over me and I'm watching it for, yeah, that, what Mark said, the emotional, just experiential, like that's why I love Tron legacy. And we'll never see eye to eye on
1: that because I think straight to fucking hell,
2: because you're probably right. The Tron legacy script is probably complete horseshit. It doesn't make sense. And the dialogue's probably heinous. And I'm just watching going like loud music, beautiful visuals. This is great. Like, that that the sensory way of like consuming a film is how I do it so when I watch this like I'm like oh yeah you're right you're making good points they could have streamlined this they could have cut this together but I think I just got wrapped up and just like oh crazy I don't know if you notice anytime they cut to like inside a car like it'll be like this crazy shot of outside a car and it's dodging like traffic and something explodes but when they cut inside it's like Will Smith's like Shirt is flapping in the wind, like his close up behind the steering wheel. There's like weird, like strobe lights on his face, like imitating like sunlight. Like it's blown out in the back with like a crazy, like violet light. And you're like, this was them just in a parking lot, like with like a bunch of gaffers <laughs> and like going nuts for maximum and like blowing dust in their face and fans, because it would be like inconceivable just to cut to them in a car and be like still and stoic and driving it's like no it needs everything needs to be always happy at once and i get too caught up in that where i'm like that's interesting oh that's cool they're using 35 millimeter film so there's a lot of grain in that shot oh that's a weird the bad guy's lit for some reason you, know, you know, even though it's nighttime there's no lights in the scene why does he have a light on his face that's crazy <laughs> like i get too wrapped up in that shit and i get too excited by that shit
1: so like i wonder then <clears throat> if it's like a problem of like what type of person you are. Like obviously you and Mark are more like visual. So you're like, I'm done with this. Cause I like the way it looks as we're like, I read a fuck ton. Right. Like I read like just a lot of books. So like when I go into like a movie or a show things, I like most in like TV shows or movies is I like when you get to the end of the movie, and you're like, holy shit. That was like from the beginning of the movie, like where you find like all these little tie ins, like I love watching a show that after I watch it, I then need to go online and read and find these like weird little Easter eggs or these like weird connections from previous episodes that you like wouldn't have noticed or like, you know, the reason like the Harry Potter series book or movie, they're so good is because like no matter how transphobic and awful JK Rowling is, holy shit. Like you're in the seventh book and you're like this, she had to have known she was going to do this from book one.
0: She's paying shit off for us. Yeah. Like
1: you're just like paying shit off like the whole motherfucking time. So I think it's just like really hard for me. Like I don't care for action movies because I feel like a lot of time it is just like, um, the story doesn't matter. It's all about the visual. But I think what's hard for me about this is this is not a straight action movie. It's also a comedy. And comedies are typically very good about giving you payoffs, about having like a decent storyline. So I think it's very hard that this is like an action it's- comedy because I'm like expecting more from it. Not
0: to get to like lizard brain and break it down to like 90s sitcom dad bullshit, but it could just be like, me and Eric are guys that have been trained, since, but we've been trained to just like be like, oh, Stupid. They, well, there's a reason that Michael Bay has so much fucking money, right? It's because a bunch of dudes go see his movie, right? And there's a, you know, there's a reason that romantic movies work for the ladies. It's because... Ladies will go watch them. So it could just be some fucking lizard brain you shit know, where we're like, hey, there's rats fucking in this, It is I mean. funny because
1: when Eric was saying how he just, like, lets a movie wash over, to, over him, I only get like that when I watch rom-coms. And the reason I get like, like, I can watch a rom-com and I'm like, that's probably when I'm my most relaxed watching a movie. Like, you give me, like, it's uh, all the boys I loved before. You give me some... The summer I turn pretty, you give me some sweet home Alabama, pretty woman, that just washes over me. But it's because there is a pattern to every single rom com, like the
0: thing with action movies.
1: But like, but there's every rom com story is like there's only like two choices you can go down, so you know what's gonna happen. Action movie, I don't know. Like to me, it's just like. You pretend like there's like a theme to all an right, action do, movie, but their plots are all like slightly no, incoherent. do
0: do yourself a favor. It's I think it's Dark City.
1: Dark, go, City, Dark City, No, no.
0: See, see. Listen. Go buy with the. You. Go buy with the DVD, not Blu-ray. The DVD <laughs> of Dark City we with own the
1: DVD with somewhere. the main
0: actor and director talking about it. Because they go to Dark City is a really good movie, but essentially it's an action movie, even though it's a very slow action movie. And there's like a scene where like he's traveling on a boat slowly to go somewhere at the end. And they're like, this would be in an action movie. This would be the second chase, the third act chase scene. But in Dark City, it's just a slow moving boat. And they break down in Dark City all the plot points of a traditional action movie and how dark city hits every single one of those
1: plot points. But what you just said to me, a car chase is not a plot point. Well, that's an a visual. That it is, but, but I think that's the problem is that or action fight. Fight. No, no, listen. Plot point was the wrong word. Then I think to me, the problem with action movies is their pattern is visual. Huh. Their pattern is not story plot points. I think the way action movies are made, Eric, you can correct me is not necessarily they all follow the same plot point pattern. They follow the same visual pattern.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing. You were talking about J.K. Rowley and how she paid things off in the first book. I have to give credit to Bad Boys, too. They set up that Marcus can't get an erection ever since he got shot in the ass. And they pay it off at the end. He's OK, like he's that's to see. And he gets an erection. But so that was the I, comedy I, in it. They, they did not drop that fucking plot point, which <laughs> is great. Um, here's the thing. Also, as much as Mark and I are being like, we're lizard brain. And we don't understand <laughs> movies. The deeper part of this, too, is that when you've seen a lot of action movies and they are all the same. You appreciate the small quirks that this is making because you can sand off all the weird edges. Like the bad guy in this, the main guy who I looked it up, the actor's name is Jordi Mola. He's from fucking Barcelona in Catalonia. He, and he plays the main Cuban bad guy. He is so fucking insane in this movie and how he's chewing the scenery and shooting rats. And like, he has like his daughter, it's his daughter, right? Yeah like his daughter and his mother, like the whole thing is bananas. And even how he dies is like, he's bisected by a landmine. Like it is just to the nth degree. And you just kind of go like, man, I've seen the more stoic action movies where it's like the bad guy's just bad. It's the same way we talked about Jack Reacher. Remember how weird Werner Herzog was. And it's just like, he's eating his hand and fingers and his eyes all crazy. You
1: could have just had him then.
2: But I like the flavor in this and Michael Bay's like, OK, in this case, we have this guy who likes to shoot rats and it's like stressed all the time and doesn't know what's going on half the time. And he just wants like power and ecstasy and he's going to chew up the fucking scenery. And that's enough for me. Um,
1: Maybe the problem is I just want bad boys to be a comedy. Yeah. And not an action comedy. Because well, to me, one is. all the best parts are comedy like, OK, so I like how I always said I like when there's like payoff or there's, you know, like the full circle moments. They give it to us, but all of them are in comedy moments because once again, we've got Marcus with dead bodies and it's him fucking vomiting again and then having to lay next to a bunch of big jiggly dead titties. Oh, yeah. And that shit was so... Funny, and it's from the first one where he's with the dead body, he's like fucking dry heaving and he can't handle mm-hmm. it. And it's just like, I think the problem is all my favorite parts of this movie all right. are the comedic stuff. Well, how,
0: all right, let's go around. How did you feel about Will Smith in this? Eric, we have start. like a few minutes. How do you feel all about right. Will Smith?
2: I just want, I may just quickly say one more thing.
1: Yeah, stop and telling us also- we only have a few minutes, Mark.
2: I also really, really appreciate how Michael Bay captures Marcus's family and that dynamic. Every time you're with the family and there's the son and the daughter, everything's so understated. I, obviously, they do big things like the family pool explodes and they go into the fucking ocean twice, like in this movie, which is like, why did they repeat that twice? They just loved breaking the pool so much and seeing them like go off the lawn into the ocean. But Anytime they showed the family, the family was just like so down to earth and
1: normal. Like even when she his felt, wife's titties were so nice, though. Oh, and I love that. She returned I love it. that
2: about this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> but remember when she's getting the daughter ready for the mm-hmm. date and it's just a quick shot. Mark is checking in on his family and she's like helping her. Uh, the wife's helping the daughter, like put on makeup in the mirror. And it's not some like crazy scene where it's like. Oh, what? You're going to wear that? Or, oh my God, you got uh, makeup called, like, you know, I don't know, something like so salacious. And the joke is like, the makeup she's wearing, it's just like, no, this is just a mother and daughter, like, getting ready for a date. They have very naturalistic dialogue. Marcus is just checking on them. And then the gag is obviously on the boyfriend. But I'm like, man, I love that the family's just kind of like, you're right. I gravitate toward those scenes too, Lily. I like, they're just a tight knit, like little scenes of like humanism and comedy that you kind of fall in love with. And yeah, I would watch a whole movie of them without the action in it, but that would just be a different movie. Right. So I, I agree with your point. Those moments hit so well. When yeah. I think it's just them. like, that's
1: the problem. Like, I just want those mo- moments more because they were like, they were like the standoff parts. All right. So let's just get into the Will Smith of it all. I have two, two issues, and they're like, decently minor issues because I think Wilson's great in this. I think he looks great. I feel like the confidence in like the last handful of movies is like astronomical. Like this is like prime. This is who
0: you pay to go see. Yeah,
1: this is it's who like- you pay. It's like, yeah, no wonder he's getting huge box office returns. Like he's great. He's so funny in this. He's fantastic. Two things though. He has just terrible chemistry. With Gabrielle Union I think Like when they kiss I was just like ew Like He looks like a bad fucking kisser He definitely looks like he's Holding back kissing her And honestly Besides his own wife And Ali He's got bad fucking chemistry With a lot of women In movies And I find that to be Just like Tom Cruise Here's the thing though Tom Cruise has bad chemistry with women, even the ones he's married with. And people are like, oh, he must be gay. I think Will Smith has worse chemistry with women in movies than Tom Cruise did, but no one accuses Will Smith of being gay. Instead, they're like, oh, Jada must be a huge fucking bitch because there's been a lot of rumors. that's always swirled that like, she doesn't like him doing love scenes and he doesn't like doing them. And I just, I think for such a good actor, it's just so surprising that that's his weak point because like, he's like an attractive fucking dude. Like, I don't know. I should be able to like watch a movie and have him just like sizzle with a woman. Cause like, he's like universally attractive. Like, but I feel like he really mm-hmm. falls flat in that department. But I
0: think maybe. So Tom Cruise also falls flat in that department on screen will smith falls flat in that department on screen maybe it like there's so we're going male like kind of male actors not all male actors but maybe it's like there's just two different skill sets there there's a there's a fork in the road the action guys you know maybe they they're just the ones that can't do the romantic scenes because there's dudes that can they can get you wet in your fucking panties oh, I know. with, with whoever up. type of thing, you know, and and maybe they go the route of more of like the, you know, leading man, but maybe in more female leaning type of movies to put it in like a pretty broad terms. But, you know, I mean, I would say that except that I know there's Anthony Banderas or Antonio Banderas, and he's one that can do both.
1: But like also, but Tom Cruise and Will Smith, They're not just making action stars like they're they're like good character actors so that they just don't know how to act like the person they're kissing. They want to be kissing.
2: So that's one of my quabbles. I'll weigh in on this very quickly. Again, I know you started this saying you were salty. Uh, Lily, (laughs) I might be a little too sugary because I I actually enjoyed their chemistry. I thought it was completely fine. Uh, There wasn't much to do there because I think the movie was disinterested in in maybe like that relationship. It was just kind of a plot point to cause conflict between the two partners. But every time they're on screen, I felt the tension of like them trying to hide. I'm just saying you watch
1: you watch their kissing scene. I thought it was a good kiss. No, you rewatch it. I might be be a bad kisser. Maybe. I just want you to rewatch it and just look at their kiss. It just does not look All right, best kissing
0: scene in a movie. I'll start. Okay. Casper.
1: Okay, yo, you nailed it. Best (laughs) kissing scene in a movie.
0: As when he turns into a real boy. I'll
1: tell you right now, that is the first time ever. That I got like that weird feeling uh. in my tummy. <laughs> Maybe it was like the first time I got like a little wet. But Jesus when Christ. fucking God, Christina God. Ricci kisses Devin Sawa, like, and here's the thing. I sound like a pervert. I know there's a bunch of fucking ladies listening. Three of you, I'm sure. And they're like, yep. They know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a universal movie thing where it was like, a weird awakening for so many women. Hmm.
2: Hmm. How, how did Casper die to again? He died because he went sledding too long and his dad called him in and he just wanted to keep I mean, sledding. It was cold. It was cold. Jeez, that's he fucking morbid. Dude. He got hypothermia or something. Now, What's-
0: morbid is Casper gets to be like a cute. Well, I don't know. That's kind of morbid to be a cute little boy, but like so Stinko Fatso or er, Stinky Uncle Fatso and Stretch were all real humans at some point yeah yeah, but who's Stretch like how is that a real human how's Fatso a real human poor Stinky or Stinko
2: whatever they I look. feel like They're I did think of real as,
1: humans that are yeah. just as disgusting as them so
2: yeah but oh you're saying their personalities because Casper doesn't look like a real human until he becomes I'm not talking about
0: looks but like you could be like oh yeah that was a boy that was a you
2: know, uh right? Their personalities. Yeah. Are little, uh, did they ever say how they died? I think they were old mobsters. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Casper, that's <laughs> you a good film. Fucking
1: watch that is good. Yeah, Christina Ricci, Devon Sawa. Who he was a vibe at the time, um, but, but now Lily, and you then you
2: have, you have a second qualm.
1: Here's my second qualm, and I don't. You know, I'll I'll start off with like I don't even know that this is a bad thing. Oh fuck. Sorry, I was getting a Charlie horse. Um, uh, happening? I'm breaking Got rats in your house. No, uh-huh.
0: Here's the problem with how Lily podcasts. <laughs> she's in a bed, like a hospital invalid. Like she's like laid out in bed. So, yeah, you're good. Your legs are going to seize up on you a little
1: bit. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay. I'll say this about Will Smith, and I think I think it's probably a bad thing for him. Good thing for like directors and why he might get cast a lot. I've noticed in a lot of our podcasts, we spend a lot of time talking about like the movie, talking about other actors in the movie. And then we have to remind ourselves that we should be talking about Will Smith the most. I think Will Smith sometimes does such a good job in movies that he isn't necessarily always the highlight. Like, I mean, he's always fantastic in his movies, always funny, he's charming, he's doing a great job. But I think sometimes, like, you know, like when you just like always expect something to be good, you're like, yeah, that guy's always going to be good. So then you like notice the other performers. Maybe you're noticing like the styles of the director more. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he's not always the first thing on the forefront of my mind when we start I to talk think about his movies.
0: Will Smith is a little comedically and maybe in acting might have a little bit of the Keenan Thompson in him of oh, Saturday Night Live. Where like Tom Cruise, I can go through all the Tom Cruise movies and pretty much forget about everybody else that was in that movie with Tom Cruise. Like mm-hmm. I'll just watch Tom Cruise and it's Tom Cruise. I think like Keenan's on SNL and every scene he's in, he elevates everybody. Yeah, and maybe Will Smith is generous enough to and good enough to be able to elevate everybody. Not that Martin Lawrence needs a ton of elevating, but it's just like they work great together. They're Him and Tommy Lee Jones. They work great together. You know, mm. maybe Will Smith's just the type of actor where everybody gets elevated when he's in a movie.
2: Yeah, we we've, we've I feel like we've touched on this point, too, in the previous podcast for Wild Wild Will, but he is such the steady and maybe there's a sport analogy you can make, Mark, where it's like, here's Mark. like a great... Because <laughs> Mark knows so many sports. I don't know. Here's a great quarterback or here's a great... running. back Yeah, Dan Marino. <laughs> no, Dan Marino. Everyone fucking knew him. But it's like, when you have a steady who's so good, you... You kind of go like, oh, yeah, he's he's good. So we don't have to dwell because we know he's just doing his job fine. The only time we remark on him is when he's not good at acting. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, he's a little green here. Oh, he didn't. Bagger Vance, like the role kind of fucking sucks. So he's kind of sucky here. Mm. Otherwise, we just kind of go like he's doing good. Leave him alone. Like he's he's carrying the movie. Whereas like a Tom Cruise was always fluctuating in a way where you're like, is he, Oh, is he selling it here? Is he always oh, get better here? He's getting better here, blah. Although I will say we have been commenting how much we notice Will Smith's confidence, how good he is, how like, Oh shit. He's like fully formed here. I, I, we did touch base on a lot of it in some like specific scenes. I think Will Smith is just the steady that sometimes you forget the steady. Like mm-hmm. he's just that good. You're right. Everything you guys just said, the elevation of everyone around him to like, meet his level and also this isn't some crazy theory but when you work with like better directors I think you get better performances I imagine Robert Redford on Legend of Bagger Vance isn't the kind of guy pulling Will Smith aside and being like let's really dig into this script and figure out this character <laughs> it's like show up for the day say the lines let's get fucking donuts for lunch like let's make this a I mean, short day
0: I'm in it's um, so fucking great and I'm well, not well, even I think that's
1: like great too because like If I was a director, that's who I'd want to cast. I'd want to cast like a Will Smith where it's just like, I don't have to worry about him. Like he's going to sell a bunch of tickets. He's going to be good in what he does. He's not going to overpower anybody else in the movie. Tom Cruise, you know, there are people that didn't want to work with him anymore. It's all yeah, He's like an overpowering presence And like Mark said, like you watch Tom Cruise movie, you kind of forget about anybody else in the movie. So like, I feel like maybe that is like a bonus for Will where it's just like, you know, part of me wants him to like be the runaway star where like, oh, we can't stop talking about him. But I guess if you're really into making good movies, it's better to not have someone that's just like, that's all I remember about that movie.
2: And I think I would argue, too, in the, the Tom Cruise podcast that we did, we talked about the filmmakers a lot and like maybe got wrapped up in the movies, too. But I, I, I see what you're saying. And oh fuck, I, I thought I had a point to all this. But oh, yeah. About directors, I, I even think Michael Bay isn't someone who's like, let's really dig into bad boys, too. What does this mean? I think Michael Bay's probably just like, yeah, like you said, Will Smith is so good. I'm going to get out of his way because mm-hmm. he's going to bring a better performance than anything I'm going to tell him to fucking do. Like I might just tell him to say the line faster. And like, so we can explode something by his face or something like that's like his operation on this movie. Oh um, God. No, no. But I think we are noticing the subtle differences. I think Ali was the turning point for sure. Like he just became such a mature, strong actor and every confidence in how he delivers things. And I'm curious I I, when we get to I am legend, I I'm not a fan of that film. But like Will Smith is just so again, he's just the steady where it's like he's not the reason the movie's bad. He's always going to be good. So it's like the directors and the writers almost have to reach his level. I think
0: think our next movie is another turning point in the Will Smith career is the turning point that I've been waiting for. I just want to point out, though, before we get to what the next movie is. Uh, Will Smith has two things before that that we're not going to watch. Mm, what? One is a he's executive producer on Ride or Die,
1: what the fuck is that?
0: which is also um, called Hustle and Heat. It doesn't have a budget connected to it. I don't even know if it went to theaters. It doesn't have a box office, but the cast is just like it's all black people. Okay oh, good for him. It's all black people. And he's, he, I've seen other things he's executive produced where he's done like, he's executive produced things where like it was just like a bunch of up and coming, um, uh, like minority uh, comics and stuff. Mm. And there's, a, he's just like from this point forward, for every movie that we watch, he's got two or three executive producer credits.
1: Good for him. It's that like were him. not,
0: that are just like, I don't know if he just likes these people or. I don't know. It's just, but he's not in it at all.
1: I think Will Smith definitely comes out across as like someone who is down to like lift others up. You know what I mean? Like you open that door and let others follow you through it type thing.
0: And then the only other thing is he's got a cameo in, um, the, the Kevin Smith movie Jersey girl.
1: He's in that
0: as himself.
1: Huh? I don't remember having that.
2: That movie sucked, right? Uh, no, Am I okay. wrong with that? No, I think right it's really kind right. of getting like um, a second look. Like it, when is it, it said, came oh, out, she's a lesbian heard... and he's like, no, that's chasing Amy. Chase Jersey girls, oh, his... Jersey girls, Lopez and uh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Okay. But Lopez no, dies.
1: No, remember... Oh, sure. She dies like immediately in the movie. Yeah, yeah, really and, it. It.
2: and then it becomes who's uh, the daughter of Aaron Tyler. Yeah.
1: Um, I, you know, I think that one was a weird one because it was like Kevin Smith trying to have like heart.
0: Is that a still a view askew
2: movie? I think so, because like George Carlin's in it. Oh, I yeah, think Kevin yeah. Smith shows up in it. But uh, yeah, it's a Kevin Smith film that's like PG-13 with hard that more of like general audience can see and people kind of turned on it. But I think people are digging it now. Like they're they're coming around to it.
1: It's just because people are in their banner for a moment right now. Yeah, it's just not going to last.
2: Um, And
0: uh, so the movie that we have coming up, I mean, you were talking about um, I am Legend, and that coming up. But I think that this is the movie that kind of kicks off the serious Will Smith shitty sci-fi iRobot.
2: Mm. Mm. And I, speaking of Dark City, same director Alex Proyas did iRobot. I, Robot, and I mean, I'm, I'm saying
0: shitty. Maybe this is a good movie. I have not seen it, and it's got to be over. It's over a decade that I haven't seen iRobot, but it can't be good, right?
1: I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen He is Legend. What, I am legend?
0: am legend. Come on.
1: I'm sorry. I'm always going to say He is Legend. It's just Oh,
2: can I ask you guys something on the record? Oh. While we're on the podcast, do we have to watch Shark Tale?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: oh. yes. Yeah, look, we didn't have to watch. It's a it's robot. No,
1: here's the thing. You're you're going to end up enjoying talking about Shark Tale because i will <laughs> get into something. No. Here's why you're going to enjoy it. It's something we haven't gotten discussed yet like animation so
2: you're right you it's like it's why, a one
1: is it dreamworks
2: yeah it's, it's not disney it's we the can the go into like why
1: dreamworks sucks and like why this doesn't work in a cartoon form. it'll end up being interesting no look
2: dreamworks did uh king of egypt right what's that movie called is it kings of egypt it's
1: one of the only good things they've made
2: and all the Spielberg movies, Prince Spielberg. of
1: Egypt, Prince of Egypt. princes of
2: Egypt, not King of Egypt, princes of Egypt. Um, yeah, Shark Tale. Okay, okay, I'll I'll watch. It. I saw that movie in theaters. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm trying to remember why I was in a movie theater. I am very curious because I knew.
1: I know we get to a point in the Will Smith where he has like a fall from grace, and I'm wondering if when we get there. It'll make me come back to these movies and be like, no, he was a standout in them. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, here's Tom the- had some
1: Tom had some stinkers in between.
2: For sure. For sure. Like, I
1: think it's hard because like Will Smith just having banger after banger.
2: Yes. And I don't I want to say something that I want you to to forget it from your brain. Oh. But this is a fun thing to do with Will Smith because he has a movie later in his career called Gemini man, Mm. where he's literally an older version of himself playing against a younger version of himself. And it's kind of a fun way. I think now that we're watching all of his films Mm. to now look at this movie because he plays both parts and the younger versions like CGI or whatever. um, It's going to be interesting to see how it now computes in our brain. Now that we've watched his entire filmography so I'm looking forward to that.
0: This this yeah. is why I want to watch Shark Tale. It was nominated for the Oscar. What? Yeah, it made like almost 400 mil.
1: Because parents have nothing else to go see.
0: And my boy um, from the Comedy Bang Bang podcast and writer for Mr. Show, Scott Aukerman. He always says that he was a writer on Shark Tale. And as I and I was like, he's not credited as a writer on it. He's not the writer for Shark Tale. And what I think it is is um, he either did punch ups on it, or he wrote a Shark Tale script, and it was just one that they threw out. Oh. So I want to get deeper into Scott Ackerman writing on this thing. Mm.
2: Oh my god, dudes! I don't know why I looked ahead, but I'm looking at the cast. We got Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese voice different in, in Shark Tale. In Shark Tale. This is absolutely insane. Martin Scorsese. What Ziggy Marley? Oh my god, insane. Kate, Katie Couric, Hans Zimmer.
0: Couric. Wow. Angelina Jolie.
2: This is wild. Um, I. I know this isn't an M night Shyamalan podcast, but can I talk about something? But it should be. Yeah. I just recently rewatched signs. Great. Again. Again, Great, great movie. Maybe it's the summer correlation. I know we watched it last summer. I'm like, I need to watch it again. Can I tell you guys my theory? Sure. I'm watching it. And in terms of like um, thematics or like not thematics, or I'm going to try and say like, it's pretty light in terms of like pop entertainment, like you don't watch it and get too, too deep to be like, oh my God, M night's like talking about the state of like capitalism in this or whatever, blah, blah. It's kind of like, no, he's talking about faith and all that stuff. And you can like get into the thematics of like seeing signs in the universe, but it's for the most part, like a rousing alien movie, suspenseful, you know what I mean? It's kind of more popcorn than it is. Trying to be like, no, look beneath it. Anyways, I was watching it. Maybe I took an edible. I forget. But I'm like, Mel Gibson's performance is so fucking bizarre because he's so stoic because he had this tragedy in his life. He lost his wife. He doesn't know how to take care of his kids. And this is going to be the most stoner thought. And I'm like, oh, he's the alien. It's not the aliens that are invading. He's the one who's not human because literally he has no emotion throughout the entire film. Anytime someone's upset or crying or whatever, he doesn't cry with them. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't raise his voice. He's talking in this monotone thing. And it only changes towards the end when he's finally getting over his grief, then he finally cries. Then he finally starts yelling. Then he finally becomes like a human. And I am he like, was
1: abducted. Oh,
2: he was the alien the whole he time, not a literal alien. But like, he's just like,
1: you know, like not his human. life was like abducted from him. Like grief was like a parasite living. There you there. go.
2: It's oh. such a stoner
1: thought. I keep I'm on seeing
0: on Twitter, Twitter this uh ad, this sponsored thing that it wants me to click on it, and it's always the aliens from science. And it says the aliens from science are really demons.
1: Oh, oh my Lord. I've
0: never clicked on it. Oh, wait,
1: I'm going to say this. And I'll loop it back into Will Smith. I wouldn't mind seeing like an M. Night Will Smith collab. They,
0: they do a movie.
2: Yeah, what? they do it. After. after
1: Earth. <laughs> oh, Funny. a better, a better collab. Have you seen it? Yes, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> also, one, I really want to see Nope. Getting great reviews. Oh,
2: yeah, we gotta go see that.
1: We should go see that. Um, I Jordan Peele and Will Smith, I think, could be an interesting dynamic too.
2: That would be nice. I'm He's totally talking now, though. Dang, harsh word. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: allegedly, <laughs> a, he, sl- he slapped somebody that yeah. you
2: know what? That is true. Uh, he He's did not a victim, <laughs> he did assault someone.
1: All right. I know one's saying he's a victim. It's just like right now we're in like in my mind we're in like Primo Will Smith time, and it's like that's the man yeah, I want well, to think about right now. Primo era, Will, Will Smith time. Before he's trying to get his kids into movies. Before well, we thought anything about his marriage. We
0: got primo I
1: Robot <laughs> featuring
0: the guy that does Gollum.
2: What right. Andy Circus? No, he, no, he doesn't play a robot. I don't know. <laughs> no. Any,
0: at this time in movies, anytime I see an animated humanoid, I think it's Andy Circus doing it. What
1: um, career.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, we got that one coming up. Uh go to patreon.com/slash the gentleman's club. All of night cruising is there. It's the only place you can get it. It's four bucks a month, and it's worth it too, I think. Hell yeah. I guess the only free night cruising one is the newest Top Gun.
2: Oh, Okay, I'll ask you after the podcast. You're going to have to spoil something from the Patreon. Mark had a salacious thing in the last gentleman's podcast. Uh And I was like, I need to know this, but I don't (laughs) know. He's not going to pay the four bucks a month. Pay the four
1: dollars. Okay,
0: bye, everybody.